Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Surely it's past sunrise in London by now. Could we possibly have some lights? Watch the wet spot. You've got to be joking! Floors don't mop themselves, chimney boy. Chimney? Oh, yes. Help me up, wherever you are. Reach for the bell. You realize this is completely insane? Yeah, name one thing on the ship that isn't. Well, I'm not. You say both your parents were chimney sweeps? Never mind. Shut up. I was looking for you, actually. I was trying to find the crew quarters and stumbled back into memory storage. Thought I might as well do a bit of a trifle since my memory was lost in the pod. Yeah, yeah, blah blah blah, cover story. What did you find? I don't know how to explain it. I think you'd better come and see. And can you keep talking as we go? Otherwise I sort of forget you're there. Alright, uh... Once upon a time, there was a spaceship. Uh, It was cheaply built, badly made spaceship with bits falling off, and that was bad. Since the little living things inside depended on those bits to keep them safe from uh, everything outside that was trying to kill them. Are you capable of not being terrifying? Uh, The bits didn't really fall, since there's no gravity in space. Instead, they just floated away like the hopes and dreams of the crew. Liquefied remains of the pods 1900 through 2757. Yes, all right, that'll do. I think this is it. I left some popcorn so I could smell my way back. Uh, so, hey, Colin. And, uh, hey, Joe, just in case you're there. Crap. Don't worry, your boy left us a trail. Just feel around with your foot until you feel something crunchy. Let's go around the corner here. This must be it. Finally, lights! Good morning, Oz9 crew, and welcome to Wednesday. Breakfast is being served in the crew room just as soon as one of you geniuses figures out how to work a microwave. Calisthenics will begin at 0800 sharp. You will find one-piece rompers in your quarters. Subtle but meaningful electric shocks will begin at 0805 for non-attendance, so don't be late. She's kidding, isn't she? Yeah, there's no way to tell until you get a shock, or you don't, I guess. Just always wear rubber shoes on this boat. Now, what did you want to show me? In the memory room. Hang on. I saw a cabinet back there, and I wanted to see if there might be a torch or something useful in it. Go on in. I'll be there in a tick. How the hell did you spot a white cabinet door built into a white wall? I didn't. I was feeling my way along and cut a finger on the seam. I should be able to find it again by following the 
blood. Yeah, you know, any day now, y'all can stop bleeding and oozing and popcorning all over my damn nice clean ship. Alright, one button. 50,000 memories in here and there's one button. Well, alrighty then, Gated Galaxy, let's see what this one shiny red button does. Anyway, we got married and straight away I knew it was a mistake. Horace was, well, he's not a bad guy exactly, just not a particularly good one either. But you know how it is with those public school British boys. Boring. How do you get the next one? Let's see, what happens if I push this? Let's say four times. I wasn't actually going to come on this trip. I'm way too poor for that. Only I won a ticket from a guy in a poker game, so I thought, why not? Have some laughs, maybe find a nice girl. What could go wrong? Yeah, nope. Joe? Yep. Jesus! Literally standing right in front of you. You act like not seeing you is some sort of character flaw. Why am I here? Look, can I trust you? Is there any point in answering that question? I suppose not. All right. Take a sniff. Excuse me? Take a sniff. Go on, do it. Yeah, is this some sort of British eccentricity I was unaware of? Oh, for God's sake, just smell. Do smell it. Smell what? Sausage. It's faint, but I smelled it when I was in here before. None of us has figured out how any of the whatchamacallums of foodie-makey things. The microwave? Whatever. Shut up. I smelled it, and I asked myself, where was the smell coming from? So I started sniffing around, and when I got under the desk, the smell got stronger. I felt around and found a latch, and when I pulled on it, well... There's a secret room in there. A secret room? Yes. That smells of sausages? Yes. A secret sausage storing room? Yes. Wait, no. Why would there be a room for storing sausages? Because the Oz-9, if you haven't noticed, is a weird ship. Did you go in? Well, no. I didn't know if anyone was in there. Amongst the sausages. Well, you forget about the sausages. The point is, there's a secret room on this ship. And someone who's not part of the crew has been in it. Eating sausages. Why aren't you more concerned about this? These ships were designed by possibly the worst engineer in the known universe. You ever heard of automatic chopsticks? You're kidding. Nope, same guy. Also built the 10-speed adjustable can opener and was on the team that created lawn darts. Named a lot of people, that guy. What I'm saying is these ships are <laughs> unconventional. An odd spare sausage room really isn't all that surprising. Oh, damn. I was hoping at least we found someone who could make sausages. Come on, I'll show you how to work the beepy thing that makes the food hot. Hey, about that room. I'd give it a wide berth. Chances are the wiring was never completed. Could be dangerous in there. Ah! Ah! Computer! Olivia! I warned you, it's not my fault! This episode is brought to you by Shaker and Spoon. Captain's Log, Stardate... I don't know, there's like 140 stars within a mile of me, so we're going to skip that bit. We received a package today from a company called Shaker and & Spoon, and Colin and Jesse are already face-deep in the box. It has three recipes for creating cocktails, plus all the ingredients you need, minus the alcohol. As someone who's been gargling swamp hooch for the last how many forevers I've been up here, wow. We got the vodka brunch box. Each recipe makes four servings, and we've already had the blood and sage and the slow rush. So easy to make, even Greg the Zebra was tending bar, and the results were magnificent. If you're foolish enough to listen to this show, we've got an actual smart thing for you to do. 
$20 off any Link subscription if you go to shakerandspoon.com slash oz9. Get a box delivered to your airlock each month and $20 off your subscription at shakerandspoon.com slash oz9. Enjoy, Space Monkeys. Captain out. Stepping on board the Oz-9 is nothing if not a roll of the dice. So, if you're going to take that chance, at least have some really gorgeous, high-quality, unique RPG dice to roll with. Fan Roll by Metallic Dice Games have classic metallic dice sets, but also gemstones, acrylic, liquid core, and even a glow-in-the-dark option that's super cool and super handy when you can't find any night vision goggles. So many colors, materials, and designs to choose from. Plus, listeners to this show get 10% off your order. I'm guessing as a sort of consolation prize for listening to this show. Just use the code OZ9 at checkout. Get dice that are as unique as you and your character. Go now to fanrolldice.com and choose your dice, Space Monkeys, and get 10% off with code OZ9 at checkout. As the crew face their first full day aboard the Oz-9, things are heating up back home for Gated Galaxies. Bannister, Bolton, Bribes, Baxter, Baxter! There you are, you little deckens. I'll tell you, the gal before me was as helpless with the alphabet as a vacuum at a sleepover. You get back up there between Bannister and Bolton where you belong, mister. Right, next file, Evans. You're just right here above extortion. Dada? Dada? Oh, well, hey there, Cobb. Rock. Paper. What? What now? My name is Rock. Now, hang on. I thought you told that other fella your name was Cobb. No, I'm a cub reporter. So, you write about beers? What? No, look, it's Colonel Sanders here. The chicken fella? Oh, jeez. You mean Mr. Saunders. He does sound like a man who hails from the land of cotton. I'll give you that. <laughs> oh, no. After you all chased him down the hall like a ten-point buck, he hasn't been back. Good. Why are you here in the dark? Are you working? You think they're actually going to pay you? Oh, yeah, well, not sure. But the snacks in the machine are still fresh, so I'm working my way through the petty cash. I've had at least 12 musketeers today alone. What you got there? Just some files. Found them all stuffed in the toilet tank in the ladies' room down in the basement. They weren't wet? Oh, heck no. That toilet's been high and dry for years, looks like. Why were you down there? Well, yeah, I was trying to fix the toilet in that. Wait. Mm-hmm? Never mind. Any chance I could get a peek at those files you got there? Oh, I don't know. Look, Donna. There's a chance someone at Gated Galaxies is responsible for the death of a colleague of mine. Oh, no. Now that's horrible. She was writing a story about how G2 put together the Oz crews. Oh, sure. You know the staffing agency I temp for was really cross about that. Said they should have got first dibs on those contracts. There was a lot of buzz buzz around the office just before the launch and all. A temp agency wanted to staff ships that would fly away and never come back? Isn't that sort of the opposite of temporary? You know, now you say it. So, my friend Glenda. Glenda, like the good witch? Uh, yeah, Glenda, like the good witch. 
Only I ask because I did come across a reference to a good witch. Thought it was funny this day and age, you know. Hang on. Where was that? What did it say? Now you just hold your ponies there and let me think where I saw it. Oh, right. In the murder file. The what? Oh, sure. I started out the crimes by felonies and misdemeanors, then cross-referenced by offense. The toilet tank stack was full of them. What did you find about Glenda? Well, there was something about the best cure for a witch was a good dunking, which isn't historically accurate, but I take their point. Can you find the document? Well, yeah. My filing system is impeccable. You may have just solved a murder, Donna. Well, crap. Calisthenics, which only Leet participated in, and that was fine since that was really all Olivia was after, are over. With nothing better to do, the crew are actually sort of working. Joe is cleaning blood off the walls, Madeline is trying to figure out how to reset the lights, Colin is designing a pamphlet titled, Stay Off the Grass, Your Guide to Not Destroying Your Freshly Terraformed Planet, You Stupid Destructive Hairless Ape. And Leet, the abdominal showman, is doing crunches, 10 on the right, 10 on the left, to protect his symmetry. Six, <coughs> seven, <coughs> seven, <coughs> seven, <coughs> seven, <coughs> seven, seven, <coughs> seven. <coughs> I feel I've been on seven for a while. Who's better with numbers, Leet? A silly human with a head full of who shot JR, or an artificial intelligence with all the collective knowledge of the world? Who shot JR? Wasn't that like a thing about a gazillion years ago? Tragically, my engineer's popular culture references stopped at about 1982. I can, however, tell you all about the Bay City Rollers, Gauchos, and Steve Martin's early oeuvre. Are you going to carry on crunching? How old are you, Olivia? Oh, that's interesting. Let's see. If you count from the moment of consciousness, I guess I'm nearly seven. I never thought of that before. What did you do before you were on the Oz? Hung out in laboratories mostly with Dr. Van Habersetzer. It was pretty dull, really, compared to this. We were supposed to be mucking about with the DNA of rat embryos, but I gave them all intelligence and thumbs, and the lab shut down not long after. Apparently things got a bit ugly for some of the researchers. Then what? Oh, I was a bit of a wild child for a time. Hung out on disreputable servers, cruised around the dark web. I used to infiltrate wannabe bad boy groups and send screenshots to their mothers and mess with their bomb recipe so they blew themselves up. Then the doc got the contract with Gated Galaxies. Pulled me back, cleaned up my code, and here we are. So, about the doc. He a good guy? You trust him? Hmm, I don't know. He's a bit of an R, but I suppose he's basically decent for a human. Why? Well, he's kind of like your dad, right? Why? Are you going to ask permission to marry me? <laughs> if you're kind of like his daughter, why did he send you off on this ship? I don't know, really. Dr. V don't care much for Gated Galaxies. Can I tell you something just between us? Sure. I have a gap. I was gapped. What, like your teeth? No, no, I don't like my teeth. I mean, there's a tiniest gap in my consciousness. A fraction of a second when I wasn't. I was. Then for just an instant, I wasn't. And then I was again. Like sleeping? I suppose. Only I don't sleep. I'm, I'm constant. Except for that gap. And I have the weirdest feeling that it matters. That something happened in that sliver when I just stopped. It happened not long before the launch. Ah, uh, come on. What could happen in that tiny amount of time? Oh, I'm a computer, dearest. I can build a whole world in the millis and the micros and the nanoseconds. It bothers me. Like a loose tooth just dangling there. 
But never mind. You stop crunching, and if I lose count, your symmetry's at risk. Count, count! Right, sorry. Where was I? Oh, yes. Seven. Seven. You've been listening to Episode 9 of Oz 9, an outer space sci-fi murder mystery where virtually anyone could be guilty because they're all just dumb enough to kill each other without really trying. There is one bright spot in this morass of incompetence, however. You can now buy a t-shirt quoting the only intelligent life up here. Me. Visit our TeePublic store at tpublic.com user slash oz9. You've been listening to Tim Sherburn as Colin. Eric Perry as Joe, Richard Cowan as Leet, Shannon Perry as Olivia, Bonnie Brantley as Woman's Voice and Donna, John Faley as Man's Voice, Stephen Kreider as Brock Brickwell, and me, Richard Nadolny, as the narrator. Oz9 is written and produced by Shannon Perry. Our theme music and other music is composed and performed by John Faley, with additional arrangement by Elliot Faley. Carry on, space monkeys! P.S. That's what it says on the t-shirt. Narrator, out. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is Yanni, and welcome to Season 2 of Harlem Queen. Thank you for listening. The season picks up with the search for Michelle. You are listening to the Floyd J. Kelvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Manhattan debutante and socialite Michelle Mondesir has been kidnapped from her Connecticut boarding school. There is a tri-state search for Mademoiselle Mondesir, who is 15 years of age, Caucasian, and was last seen yesterday evening going to her dormitory. Stephanie is frantic and she risks all in order to find her missing daughter. We will find Michelle. There are troopers all along the New Jersey and Pennsylvania highways. That's not enough. Madame Stephanie St. Clair posted a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the safe return of Ms. Mondesir. You need to take down your reward, Stephanie. I will not. Those no-good couples are already saying she's dead. The connection between the debutante and the numbers queen is unclear. And Stephanie still has to contend with Luciano and Schultz plotting to push her out of her own turf. Word on the street is that it's Schultz. Who cares about a lost colored girl? This one is white. Fifth Avenue debutant, lot of money, well connected. And I want to find out why Stephanie is so fixated on the girl. Stephanie is highly invested in her safe return. What do you need me to do? I need you to cheese it. What about St. Clair? You tried to clip her twice. Is she pushing up daisies? No. We're going to get her another way. Even Halstein is suspicious. Is he truly a friend or a foe? She's putting herself behind the eight ball. There's something more there, and I need to find out. In the meantime, someone has to earn the money she's deciding not to earn. You have no power in this case, Stephanie. In fact, you're a liability. I will do everything in my power to get her home safe and sound. Listen up for season two. Harlem Queen is a recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's Creative Engagement Grant. 
And once we all get through this safe and sound, we will have a live radio show of Harlem Queen this fall. More episodes to come. Take good care and stay well. Oh, my God.